Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to Impact 89 FM. Uh, my name is Noreen. I am the editor for the entertainment department, and I'm here with one of my writers, Arden. And today we are going to be interviewing singer-songwriter Nathan Apollo. We are going to be asking him about his life, about his music, and maybe a little bit about D&D. So without further ado, hi, Nathan. How's it going today? Hello. It's going great. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this interview as well. Um, So uh, would you mind maybe telling us a little bit about your life before you became a musician? Like, where'd you grow up? Like, at home? Yeah, man. So I was born and raised in small town Iowa. Yeehaw and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, A little small town. Well, I guess technically I was born in Cedar Rapids, but I did most of my growing up in a small town called Solon, Iowa, which is a town of about 2,000 people. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really into music or anything like that growing up, um, but I was really into the arts. I took all the art classes. I I loved graphic design. I loved um, all that stuff. And so um, that's what I thought I was going to do with my life. (laughs) But then, like, my junior year, uh, you know, I was listening to a bunch of hip hop music because I started lifting and I was like, you know, I bet I could do this. And then the rest is history. Now here we are. It's really cool. So um, talking about the, about the, about the Midwest. Um, I know in your, in your TikTok live, you said that the Midwest is just kind of cornfields and Republicans. Yes. But um, is there, is there <laughs> any beauty in there? At least there like is, there is beauty here. I've learned to accept the beauty. It's hard for me to talk about the beauty, especially when it just snowed today, and I hate winter, especially in the Midwest. It's devastating. But there is beauty. I do enjoy the sort of like even our biggest cities. You can go out on a Friday night in our biggest cities, and there will be like no cars on the road. You know, if you're out late enough, like I, I enjoy the calmness of it. I've said it before, Iowa is kind of like the definition of the, it's a small world because everyone knows everyone somehow. Like you're, you're only like two people away from knowing everyone in Iowa. And so I do enjoy that, but also it's kind of like a barren wasteland when it comes to opportunities, especially in music, especially in modern music. Um, There's not a lot of opportunities out here, which is why the internet is so fantastic and that's why i'm even here so yeah Yeah, shout out the internet shout out the internet for real because i would not exist otherwise yeah so this is your first official interview since becoming nathan apollo right i think so i might have had like one other by some like 16 year old kid (laughs) that asked me to do it and i was just starting i was like yeah let's do it but I think this is like my first official one. Yeah. Yeah. So your first interview since becoming Nathan Apollo, was there someone before Nathan Apollo? There was, there was a couple people before Nathan Apollo in high school. Gosh, I should stop talking about this. I should bury this. But in high school, I was a SoundCloud rapper and I just went with the name that my soccer team gave me because I got a white streak in my hair and I'm fast on the field. So they all, they always called me White Lightning. And so I was like, that's a great rap name. White Lightning. That's who I am. That's me. Till I die. And then, no. Uh, I came to college. I was like, 
I want to go on Spotify, not SoundCloud. I want to be on Spotify and Apple Music. But I don't really want to be White Lightning anymore. And so I changed it to Zix, which was X-I-X. And I changed it to that because I was 19 at the time. And X-I-X is the Roman numerals for 19. So I was like, sure, I'll be, I'll be that. That's meaningful. And then... I started getting popular just a little bit on the internet for the first time in like three years. I had a, a, a song go a little viral and it, I immediately started having issues because there were other people with the same name as me also going viral, arguably more viral. And everyone thought it was me and songs were showing up on my Spotify pages. I was like, we got to change the name. And then I was Nathan Apollo. And the rest is history. But I did have to, it was a scary moment because I had like over 20 songs released as XIX on Spotify and like albums and multiple EPs. And I had to kiss all of it goodbye because you there's no way to transfer it over onto your new page as far as I knew. And so I had to be like, I've been, I've been working on music for three years, four years straight, finally got some clout. And now I have to start over. Um, on a new on a new artist name, so it was scary, but you know it worked out. So that's <laughs> yeah, a good assortment of names. Uh, where did the where did the Apollo come from? I, I mean, I saw I saw your Halloween costume. I'm guessing you're a you were a Greek mythology kid. Are Greek mythology kid? <laughs> I am a Greek mythology kid. Yeah, it absolutely came from Greek mythology. Um, Nathan Apollo. Yeah, Apollo is just simple Greek mythology. Apollo is the god of music, the god of poetry. The God of medicine and music is healing. So it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nathan, I- I've told this story um, before, but there's an AE in Nathan yeah. because I had uh, a friend of mine whose name was Praeditus, which is the Roman word for, I believe, victory. Um, and it was spelled P-R-A-E, um, D-I-T-U-S. And uh, he taught me how to mix and master and all this stuff. He really showed me the ropes of music. Um, and then he passed away at a really young age and we were supposed to make it together. And so I, when I changed my name, I was like, I should carry a little bit of his name in my name. And so I put the AE in Nathan Apollo. And that's, that's the reason for that. Yeah. I'm a lot better than white lightning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry about Prayoditis, but like, I respect how you like carry carry his memory with you in your name yeah absolutely i mean it's not even like a sad thing anymore i love talking about it it's very sad for people to hear which is unfortunate so i'm like telling this story with a smile and people are like oh my god are you okay i'm like yes i've 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 had my time to deal with it and you know it's all good now but yeah i feel like i saw somewhere on your tiktok do you have a tattoo that has the a and e in it i do yeah i can show it to you guys we're not recording video but (sighs) it's It's really cool black letter font it says pray for me p-r-a-e um because that was so because i was into art um and he he was showing me how to get better at music i always made his cover arts for his songs and his albums. And he always mixed and mastered my songs. And I was like the trade-off that we had. And so pray for me was the last project that I helped him work on. And so I got it tattooed on me as a memento. It's a really nice memento. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what was your journey like to becoming a musician? We kind of talked about the journey through the names, but like yes. what from like 
from wanting to do art to here. How'd yeah, I think it it started. So when I started making music, I was making very stereotypical, like braggadocious hip hop Eminem style lyrical miracle spiritual stuff, like every white kid who tries to rap does at first. Um, but then I realized. It, I mean, it kind of all changed for me when I started looking at my voice as an instrument in the song, as opposed to just it being my voice. And I realized that I have a very wholesome and lovely voice that doesn't really work when I'm talking about like, can I swear <laughs> or no? Um, um, we'll play it safe. Think, uh, you when can I'm, say Helen Dam. That's it. When I'm talking about romanticizing women or having a bunch of money, it doesn't work. Because one, that's not even really who I am. It's just I was trying to mimic a style. And two, my voice is an instrument and I should use it for what it's made for, which is a lot more chill, laid back, sort of um, cute songs, which is which is much more true to not only who I am. You know, I don't <laughs> I'm not I, I hate bragging I hate all that I don't even care about money I haven't got anything for Christmas in years because I just like don't get me things I don't need anything and so it, it ended up working out but yeah once I started realizing that my voice is a, an instrument that can be played and used in the song as well I really changed my sound and actually I'll tell this story I say hello in the beginning of most of my songs not all of them but most of them and in the beginning of most of my tiktoks and everyone's like how why do you say hello why, why did that happen well when i was zix xix and i was making all these braggadocious rap songs talking about how i'm the best and realized it wasn't working i tried something new i tried to switch it up and i created a project of cute love songs, just three cute love songs. And it was a totally different style from anything I'd done in the last three years. So I called the project Hello, because it's like, say hello to this new sound that I'm trying out. And at the beginning of each song, I put a little hello for the, for the project. And then that project was the one that blew the heck up on TikTok. And so I was like, well, this is my personality for the rest of my life. And so... Yeah, but it, it really started from just being able to be self-aware and realize if something isn't working, try new things. And that's how we got to where I'm at. Yeah, um, I really like the perspective of using your voice as an instrument. That's like pretty pretty unique, pretty, yeah. pretty based, I might say. Based, and I can't sing. So I just, <laughs> I just you know, but you know, the vocal inflections, the, the way you talk, like if I had a thick brooklyn accent and my vo voice was lower in an octave i couldn't be sitting here talking about and if i had a shiny nickel but you know it wouldn't work you got to realize that your voice is your instrument and make music accordingly All right um so uh or wait we can edit this out who's gonna ask the next question i, I got messed know. up um <laughs> so Talking a little bit about your songwriting process and the decision to start saying hello, what is your songwriting process and how do you get yourself in the mood to write? So I love this question. I, I've I've started I've started going live on TikTok or Instagram to write because I love to just talk. I love to hear myself talk. And I love to talk about my thoughts. And when there's an audience, I can just 
splurge to the camera and I don't feel like a crazy person just talking to myself. And um, something about body doubling with an audience allows me to sit and get it done. As far as how I write songs, everybody who's ever been in those lives know that I, I have a bang energy at my table anytime I'm writing, fuel for the brain. And uh, I take a sip of that once I find a beat that I like. And it usually starts off with like just mumbling. I think, I think the flow of the song is the most important part. Half the time when you like a song, you don't even know what the words are. You're just listening to, to, to the inflections and the way it bounces. And so when I hear a beat, I'll go like, and like try to find a flow that I like. And then once I'll, I'll, I'll like voice record those. And then once I find one that I like, I'll go back and I'll put words to it. And that usually ends up being the chorus. And because it came so naturally, the chorus is then the catchiest freaking thing you ever heard in your life. And people can't get it out of their head. And that's, that's the name of the game. <laughs> and so then from there, I mean, I just start writing. I like, I like to tell stories. I like to be cohesive. I don't really like one-liners. Um, I like to almost sing in sentences. And so that's, that's how I do what I do. Was there a song that was just the easiest for you to write? Like you had the initial thought and then everything just came out all at once? Mm. I am, I, I wish, I wish, because I am notoriously slow at writing. I have a friend named Akintoye. This man, this man could write an album in like a week and have it written and recorded. It took me like seven months to make my album. I, I can't like, if the creativity isn't striking, I just can't do it. Like one of my most popular songs, Lemon Lime Lips, I wrote the chorus for it in October of, of 2021. And then I was like, this is a perfect summer song. Oh, it's such a shame. I wrote it in October. And then I tried to finish it. I just couldn't. It, I didn't get to finishing it till six months later <laughs> because the, I would sit down and try and just the creativity wasn't happening and I can't make it happen no matter how much bang I drink. And so now I'm notoriously slow at writing songs, but when I do catch that flow state, I can write a song in like 30 minutes, like a full three minute song. But some of them are, some of them are hard. I would say the easiest one, Hmm. Oh man. They're all hard. There is no easy one. I I think the easiest ones are ones that I post on TikTok where I never intend on finishing them. Like some of those I just fart out in an afternoon, record it the same day and post it. And that's easy, but yeah, for me, it takes at least a week to write a song. I I, I wish I could be faster. Um, I really like the idea of like kind of building it backwards, like having your like beat first and then kind of like fitting the puzzle pieces of words in. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, like, um, what do you do to overcome like creative slumps? Like when you just like are trying to like write a song uh, and you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. How do you get out of it? I usually try to just go completely left field and write something that I've never written before. So like if I'm working on a project that is like mostly slow love songs hypothetically but i'm trying to sit down and write one it's just not happening i'd be like all right today we're writing an alternative rock breakup song 
and just completely switch it up. Switch clearly your brain doesn't want to do what you want to do right now. So find something that it does. And if that doesn't work, well, you just try again the next day. You take the L. There have been many times where I've gotten on live to write um, and I try to find a good instrumental or a beat that I like. And I'm on there for like an hour looking. And by the end of it, I'm like, I, I don't think it's happening today, gang. So we'll try again later. You know, when duty calls, it'll happen. But sometimes you just can't force it. And I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to take a day off or take a couple days off if it isn't working. Um, I've built up to a point that I can do that without too much stress, which is awesome. Yeah. Is there a time where you got a bit of that inspiration from like somebody in the chat during one of the lives? Like they <sighs> say something and you're like, that's good. I'm writing that down. Here's the thing. Uh, for me, the writing is my favorite part. I enjoy the writing more than I enjoy record. Only thing above writing is performing it live. The writing is my favorite part. There are definitely times where people have commented stuff and it helped me like click the puzzle together or it gave me an idea for a line. I might not steal it exactly, but they'll say something and I'll be like, ooh, that's almost a good idea. Hold on. And it'll happen. But I, there's nothing actually I hate more than when somebody finishes the puzzle for me. Like there are times where I'm stuck on a line. I'm like, I just need one line. Here's the info that I need to get across. Here's the amount of syllables I have to do it. We're going to figure this out. And I'll be there for 20 minutes. And then somebody will comment a perfect line. And I'll be like, I, mm, how dare you? <laughs> I was going to figure it out. Um, but I still end up using it half the time. But it is bittersweet. It's like, yes, we solved the puzzle. But it's like you took away the satisfaction from me. But <laughs> it's still a good time. My next question for you is who are your greatest inspirations in terms of like who who or what you write your songs about and like the sound, like the stylistic inspiration? Yeah. Well, the subject matter inspiration is definitely my lovely girlfriend, Hannah. Um, she, I attribute a lot of my success to her because mo my most popular songs are love songs and she's the one, she's my muse. And so, um, like the reason my first song to truly blow up was a song called to you from me. Um, and I wrote it because she moved out of state for college and I was sad. And so I wrote it to her for Valentine's day. And it was literally one of those things where like, it was like a six month thing where my TikTok was dead. I didn't have none of the songs I was writing. I liked, and I just, had my biggest success of a song like my biggest opening week of like 20,000 or 10,000 streams or something and I was like oh this is the biggest song ever I have to top this I have to be better every song and every single song I wrote I just trash and trash and trash until January came around I was like you know what this is dumb I'm gonna write a love letter to my girlfriend I don't care how well it does and of course, that song is the one that absolutely exploded and got and now has like 8 million streams or something ridiculous. And so I attribute a lot of my success to her. As far as sound, I've always liked, I would say, okay, this is going to be an interesting question because I intentionally don't listen to artists who make music like me because I, 
I don't know what mental disorder it is, whether it's the ADHD or the autism, but I copy people relentlessly. When I hear something I like, I will mimic it, whether I know it or not. And so to avoid that, I don't listen to artists who make stuff like me because I will just copy them. I'll be like, I'll hear something. I'll be like, I wish I made a song exactly like that. Um, so I would think the biggest information for my style of music is actually the app GarageBand itself. Because when I was coming up, I didn't know how to mix. I didn't know how to master. I don't play any instruments. I didn't have money for any of these fancy programs. All I had was my voice and beats off of YouTube. And so every single one of my songs had to be really stripped back. And the production had to be really stripped back. There wasn't any fancy vocal effects or or anything like that. And so specifically with To You For Me, that song is just me talking for three minutes. And people eat it up because my voice is the main part of it. And I, that's usually the case in almost all my songs where it's my voice is clear and concise and you can always almost always hear what I'm saying. Um, and that's because I was limited in creative ability when I was coming up. And it's just become the way that my songs sound now. Now that I kind of have a team around me, I'm I'm dipping my toe in other things here and there. But overall, I'm like, I want this to sound almost exactly the same as it would live as it does on Spotify. And that's because of GarageBand and also because I refuse to learn new skills. So there it is. I actually saw on Twitter, um, I have no idea how old this tweet was. I was really going through the archives. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, you were quote tweeting somebody who is like, wow, Nathan Apollo's voice is so unique and it's so great. And you responded by saying, I thought that my voice would be the thing holding me back. And now it's the thing that people like come to me for. So how is yeah. that for you? How does that feel? It's, oh, man, it feels good to... <laughs> Like when I was coming up and it kind of ties back to the whole your voice is your instrument thing. When I was coming up and I was writing these songs that were bad for my voice or that were just not true to me as a person, the music was bad. And people would be like, this voice, I also used to have a speech impediment and I still kind of do. I couldn't say my R's very well and rapping kind of helped me fix that. Um, but um, when I was coming up, everyone was everyone always made fun of my voice because I was saying all these like bars, these heaters, these lines, but my voice sounded like this. And so everyone made fun. Of it. And I was like, man, I'm never going to make it because of my voice. But then the minute I realized how to actually use my voice, I realized it wasn't, it wasn't holding me back at all. Actually, it was pushing me forward. It was making me stand out because every single famous musician has an iconic voice that everyone recognizes. And so, yeah. Um, kind of bouncing off the thing about uh, not wanting to copy artists. Um, you mentioned having ADHD. I have ADHD. I know it affects me every day. It's oh, yeah. Especially like in journalism. Like, oh, yeah. So it's all organization, and that is organization's my downfall. Um, mm -hmm. How how does neurodivergency affect, affect how you get your music done? Because, man, sometimes I'll be like in the middle of a task, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I forgot I had this article I was supposed to write two weeks ago, but instead I went and I watched the entirety of avatar the last airbender season <laughs> one my bad yeah no my lifestyle would definitely be described as unwell sometimes or or concerning um it is 
I'll, I'll say this. I am my own boss. And while that is a blessing, and I am grateful to be able to work from home and set my own hours and set my own breaks and whatever, I'm, I also should never be a boss. I should not be in a position of power to call the shots because without like a structure to build my day around, I wake up and I'm like, all right, I have to write a song today. I guess I'll do it whenever I feel like it. Maybe it'll get done. Maybe it won't. And there are times where it's like, even outside of music, like I struggle to get out and go get groceries or get the laundry done. It's thank God I don't go outside because I stink half the time because I just keep putting off my my laundry. It's it's rough. It is rough. But I refuse to be medicated because I'm strong, man. I am strong. And so and I do also though, I do also though attribute a lot of my creativity to ADHD. I think the fact that my mind moves a million miles a minute is is the reason why I can come up with these crazy lines like in all my songs that people love so much because nobody else would think of them. And it's because of my mental illness that I attribute that to. I really do. I don't think, I don't think, I feel like I'd lose my sparkle if I, yeah. if I took medication, my creative sparkle. If I wasn't in a creative field, man, I would be high and dry. I, <laughs> It, music had to work for me because I would be I would be screwed otherwise. Yeah, um, I think mental illness is stigmatized a lot. Even though, like in what is it, twenty twenty two, everyone's like super open about it. We're still super like, yeah, no, we support you. It's still no matter how much you want to say it's normalized, it's still not. And like, yeah, I respect you. I respect your openness about it. And you're yeah, it's really cool. Absolutely. Um. So what else do I have? I have. Oh yeah, how is it performing in front of a live audience as Nathan Apollo? It is the single best experience on the planet. I have always been a performer. I The goal for me with music has always been to perform live. I write all my songs with the idea of how would this moment sound in concert. Everything I do is based around live. And I've only done a, few, a dozen or so shows. But it's what I feel like I'm meant to do. It's, it's, I feel like the best way to consume my music is live at a show. And there's, there's nothing like it. There's, it's, it's incredible. And I can't wait to be at a size where currently all the shows I've done have been, uh, I'm either opening for someone or I'm on a collective of a bunch of artists. And so I've only known performing to people who don't know me. And I can still teach him the chorus and get him excited. I can't even imagine the the high of performing when everyone knows the verses, when everyone knows every single word. You know, it uh, it's something I look forward to for sure. Yeah. So I saw on your Twitter you were talking about how you had the Halloween Underground show on the twenty ninth. Was that yes. different than what you're used to, or was it about nah. the same? So those guys, the people that th throw that, shout out Siracaso, shout out Kai, shout out Reliable Underground here in Iowa. I, I met those guys because I was doing an open mic at my university and I, I met another hip hop artist. And I was like, oh my God, I thought I was alone. Hello, hello. Let's do, let's hang out. Let's be friends. Um, and they put me on to 
these guys who threw these underground hip hop shows for just local musicians. And I got to be on the ticket for those. And they gave me my sea legs for performing. Cause I got to do like most of my shows has been with those guys. Um, and whether it was in front of 10 people or 50 people, you know, that I, it's, it's, I'm really grateful for that because when I went to LA to perform at the legendary Troubadour for opening for Abby the Nomad with 300 people in the crowd, I already knew what I was doing. I I had I've done all my songs before. I knew the beats to hit. I knew the way to get people to chant, the way to get people excited for each one of my songs. And uh I rocked the freaking house whereas there were people there and I won't name names who had so who were bigger than me music-wise, stream-wise, numbers-wise, but they'd only done a show or two and they put on a mediocre show. Uh you know, practice makes perfect with it. And yeah, reliable underground, save the art. Shout out Sierra Caso, shout out Kai, shout out those guys. Cause if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even, I would only have like two shows under my belt from like six years ago. And what I love to perform. It's just what I love to do. So. Did you have the same hype when you were performing just at open mic nights? <laughs> I do have clips of people on open mics, um, you know, getting excited. But the thing is with the open mic that I was at, everyone's sitting down. The guy before me just did a seven minute piano piece. The guy after me is doing a five minute stand up set. Like it's not all music. It's just whatever you want to The last guy on the tickets doing magic. And I'm going up there performing three songs just to see how it goes. But it was a very crucial moment in performing those were some of my first shows and yeah just getting a feel for what it's like to even just walk around on stage with a mic is something that's a lot harder to learn because it's very easy to look uncomfortable when you're on stage and as a performing artist you need to look like you're the most comfortable one in the room despite having all the eyes on you otherwise no one else is going to feel comfortable enough to dance and scream with you so how do you make yourself comfortable to do that? Oh, I say I'm I'm blessed. I've never had issues with public speaking or or anything like that. I don't get embarrassed really. I the only time I get a little bit anxious is when I'm about to go on stage only because I want to put on a good show. Um and I like to think it's more excitement than anxiety. Um but yeah, I don't I don't get nervous for stuff like that. I know a lot of people do. Um but when when at the end of the day i know my stuff you know and especially at a show um i've only done one or two of these where people are coming specifically for you like the whole crowd is there for you you could do anything on that stage they're still gonna love you you know they're not gonna they're not gonna suddenly not be a fan just because you messed up your words or something there's really nothing to worry about so so I get I get the vibe that you feel very very supported by your fan base. Oh yeah, I have my fans are insane. They are they are bordering cult energy that they are giving me sometimes. Like Spotify came out with something that was like scientific data um, that uh, a devoted fan base. We'd looked at artists that people said had devoted fan base and looked at how many times every listener streamed their music a month. 
based on Spotify stats. And it's like, in order to have dedicated fans for every, every listener should be listening to your song at least two to three or two to four times a month. That's like a dedicated fan base, your listener to, to, to plays ratio. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Let me go check mine. And mine's like eight to 10. It's like twice as big as what Spotify's saying. Like these are dedicated fan bases, like ride or die. And yeah, my fans are absolutely bonkers. I love them to death. They're, they're all crazy, but they're all so, so lovely. Especially after To You For Me came out and after Person in the Mirror came out, my, especially um, my fan base went from uh, ma- like 50-50 guys and girls to like 20% guys, 60% girls, 10% non-binary. I did a poll on my Instagram story the other day. I was like, how many of you are LGBTQ? And it was like 80%. And I'm like, man, I am the most... <laughs> I am cis straight white guy and my fan base is so gay. It's great. <laughs> and it's just cause I'm preaching positivity. I'm preaching happiness. I'm preaching love. And those kinds of people love that stuff. And I can, I can spot, I've gotten better at spotting them in a crowd because Nathan Apollo fans always dress fire, you know, like especially in Iowa, I see anybody with, with ripped jeans and a leather jacket. I'm like, Oh, you're about to come up to me. And they do, they do, because Iowa don't got swag like that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Iowa does not have the drip. But, they do not um, have drip, but Nathan Apollo fans do. True, but um, kind of back to the the uh, the, the like cultish following thing. Do you think that's kind of a result of like social media throughout the years, kind of blurring the line between fan and creator? Or yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think. And now my opinion may change on this, but as of right now, I think more is more when it comes to information. Celebrities used to be like these stoic figures that you didn't know anything about and yada, yada. And they could only, that you'd only learn about them through interviews that they did here and there. I think that, I think it's the age of information. I think people want not only a musician, but they want a personality. They want a friend. They want, they want someone that they feel like they know and that they can relate to. And TikTok has definitely pushed that agenda, whether they did it intentionally or not. And I'm here for it. I, I like it. So. I think it was really funny that you mentioned doing that poll because I have seen so many, um, whether it be content creators or um, musicians, just do that poll just to see. And <laughs> they're all like, how are you guys all lgbtq <laughs> like yeah. how are all of you guys there because i know you weren't there the whole time right exactly and like a year ago this was not I, I didn't do this poll but if i did it would not have been this high i was like pretty sure in america the stats only like 20 percent. so how come my fan base is upwards of 80 it doesn't make any sense but um, <laughs> i have a hypothesis actually you know you're one you're, you're like, I'm pretty sure it's your top string song on Spotify right now, Person in the Mirror. That one yes. is being used in a trend right now for folks, typically gender non-conforming folks, to show yeah. both their masculinity and femininity. And you yourself, yes. I get big ally energy from you. So maybe that's... I, huge ally energy, yes. I, I love... So Person in the Mirror is actually interesting because um, that was the first song I released with my managers. 
And they wanted it on the album. And I was like, this song does not fit on the album. No, drop it as a single now. And they're like, well, we need, we need uh, three, four weeks to pro I'm like, if we do that, my album's going to, my summer album is going to come out in September. Drop it this Friday and just trust me. And then they did. And it was actually my, it was one of those rare moments where I had an idea for a trend. I pitched it to TikTok with a post and it actually went well. Where I came up with the whole, because it, it was trending a while back when it first dropped for showing a feminine side. I want to, or showing a masculine side and then a feminine side. I want to feel handsome. I want to feel pretty. And I created like the template for that trend. And then that video just took off. And now there's this new trend where people are just doing it with the energy that they carry. They're just like, with how you stand or how you're looking at the camera show masculine versus feminine. And I am so not androgynous. It hurts because I cannot participate in any of my own trends. But that song definitely brought in a lot of LGBTQ people. And I'm here for it because they're all cool people. And I don't think anybody is ever a more devoted fan to an artist than a member of the LGBTQ committee. Like, they're, when, they, when they get into something, they are there. And so I love it. I love them. Ally. Ally energy. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so now that we're, uh, kind of, kind of rounding back to what we're doing, what we're doing today. Um, so your uh, newest single, Do What I Gotta, it's yes. so fun. I Thank love you. it. You're very welcome. It's got that kind of like, I like how it has the like dark edgy lyricism, but like kind of like the funky upbeat backtrack, um, yes. like do that on purpose for like, you have that kind of dichotomy of like, you know, like kind of dark lyrics, but like cutesy or like, yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, pretty regularly. Um, my most famous love song to you for me was written on a sad type beat. It's minor chords, but the lyrics are so cute you forget about it. Uh, and Do What I Got is written on this funky backtrack that you want to dance to, but it's a song about murder. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I love that stuff because I think um, specifically with love songs, when you write love songs um, to sad instrumentals, um, I feel like it gives it two purposes because I found out there's two types of people who listen to my love songs. There's the ones who are in love and the ones who are so sad and lonely. And I think it's because the ones who are in love hear the lyrics and the ones who are alone hear the instrumental. And when you're in love, you hear the lyrics and it's like affirming for you. But when you're alone, it's more like a wish or a goal, and it feels like a longing for you. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, and I and so I love doing that, yeah. Um, this song also kind of reminds me of, I heard you talk about your D&D &D character, uh, I believe. <laughs> Mr. Goodbid. Mr. Goodbid. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the, the, the song itself was just kind of like, was he, was he, was he? Like, did he exist when you started writing the song? Was he sitting there in the back of your mind telling you? He did exist. The song is not about him. But, <laughs> but I I could see why people would think that because I have this obsession with people in business suits committing crime. Um, and so it's just a trope that I like. But um, and no, it can, I found out that song can really apply to a lot of people, especially in like the Marvel universe. Like almost any 
hero, anti-hero, villain could be attributed to, I'm going to do what I got to. This city has issues. Lucky for us, though, I'm a one-man armada. Come on now. That's like, Marvel, write me a check. I'm waiting. So real. Um, (laughs) Jeez, hold on. My brain just kind of went empty for a second. I had a thought. Um, Where did it go? No thoughts. Head empty. (laughs) So real. Um, I think it was, oh, yeah, about... uh, I've seen that song used in a lot of like cosplay TikToks. Are you yes. do you approve approve of the I, cosplayers? I 100 percent approve of the cosplay. I'm trying to push that agenda um, more because yeah, it's just such a great song. I was hoping my fingers were crossed. We dropped it in October. I was hoping October it would have picked up um, during like everyone doing their costumes and stuff, but we didn't get so lucky. The algorithm wasn't on our side. But you can't get mad at that kind of stuff. It's just the name of the game. You take a shot. You might hit, you might not. You move on to the next song. But we've heard it here first, folks. Nathan Apollo is pushing the cosplayer agenda. <laughs> yes, I want to see all your cosplays. Do yeah. So kind of going off how you mentioned the algorithm, how does that affect you personally? So since you had your stuff blow up, yeah, how does it affect you when you are like, oh, this is what's going to happen with this sound, and mm. then it may not go the way you go, the way you had planned, or it just right. completely exceeds your expectations. So obviously exceeding expectations, I'm a chipper fellow when that happens. I, I am beaming. I'm glowing. Um, I mean, it used to be, especially like last year, post to you from me, but pre-person in the mirror, my the TikTok algorithm lived rent free in my psyche every single day like every single post i was like if that doesn't get this amount or this amount or this amount i am going to jump off a bridge and it's a bad way to live because it's like going to the casino and and being like if i don't come out with double my money i'm a horrible person i i i'm no good what 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 purpose do i serve but it's a casino Sometimes you'll come out with a lot of money. Sometimes you'll lose money. All you can do is when you, before you even go in, expect nothing. And so I got a lot better about it recently where I had to make this change in the way I create. Because I used to create stuff with the idea that this would be a good trend. This would be a good sound. This would be a good yada yada. And then when it never came to fruition, I'd be like, failure, failure, failure. Um, but now when I post stuff, I refuse to post it unless I'm like, I like this song. This is cute. This is fun. This is catchy. Post. Because then I don't care how much it gets. I'm like, let's see what people said. Whether there's three comments or 3,000. Uh, I'm excited to post it. And there have been times where I've made a whole video and I wasn't really feeling it. And I was like, well, we're not going to post then. Because I don't need that stress. I'm, nothing's worse than being iffy on a video. Like, I don't know if I should post. Then posting it and getting spat in the face. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's definitely a huge mental game. A lot of a lot of creators have mental health issues and struggle with the algorithm. But, um, you know, we all get it done regardless. Yeah, I really like this idea of writing for you. And then how we talked about earlier, you're kind of writing for the yearners as well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so kind of bouncing off the algorithm thing, uh, 
Um, so how do you feel about people like reducing you to your origins, like TikTok? Like I'm mm. 99% sure TikTok, is, you can accredit it to a lot of your blowing up yes. success. Um, so like, I know TikTok's been like instrumental in your growth, yeah. but I feel like the label of TikTok artist gets kind of like annoying after a while. No, I get it. As of right now, I mean, I've never considered myself a TikTok artist. I've always just considered myself a, mu- a musician, a creator, a content creator. Um, because I was creating content before I was even a musician. I w- I've always been about whether it was creating um, videos or skits. Um, I've always loved creating content, and so I've always been a musician. Period in my mind as well as a content creator um and that label doesn't really bother me as of right now but i'm sure if i had a song that truly like exploded like billboard level exploded um and eyes were on me and everyone was saying tiktok star tiktok star yada yada then i might be like all right time to prove myself um that I'm more than a TikTok star. But as of right now, TikTok is just one of the many tools that I use to promote my music. And it's the best one in the arsenal. And I'm not going to be clowned on for using it. Like you can try to make fun of me, but it's not going to work. Like, <laughs> yeah, so. kind of good, good to hear that. It's not like, not, not a burden. I was kind of, I was kind of expecting you to say, yeah, no, it's kind of, kind of annoying, but I feel like, yeah, like you no. said, like where you at right now, it's not a, not a, not yeah. a detriment. I have an old song. Um, called uh oh what's it called i'll dream till i die um it's from xix era and one of the lyrics in that is you can't make me hate me but you can try your best and people will these 13 year old kids will call you mid and call you a a a one-hit wonder and call you all these things or clown you for being a tiktok rapper but at the end of the day, you know, we're all on our own journey. I'm, I'm going to do what I got to. And they're and also so. 13 and don't know nothing. So. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, I'm 23. You think I'm going to be for the 13-year-old? Am I 23 or 22? Gosh. I don't even know. I'm going to have to check up on <laughs> it's that. It's one of them. I'm 23. I'm 23. It's the year 2022. I'm 23. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> really showing its ugly face. Okay. Yeah, so we t- we've talked about the past and we've talked about a little bit of the present. So let's mm-hmm. talk about this project that you've been working on. Yes. I've seen you talk a lot about that on your Twitter and that <laughs> it's lore driven. Can you tell it us is. anything about that? So hello world first. Or I'll, I'll mention that because that kind of laid the seeds down. It's the project was called Hello World because I was introducing you to the world of Kazalor, which is a fantasy world that I built specifically for a cover art for that project. Um, and in that in that cover art, you see uh, a hero in a red cape with a sword standing on a a a giant knight. Uh, clearly a giant, clearly a knight, but it's like overgrown. It's old, and that's all you get. Um, and then none of the songs are are lore related in that particular project. It was just the cover art. Um, but with this next project, it's more. It's a smaller project. It's more like a concept album. There's gonna be there's gonna be um, scenes in it with voice actors, and all of the songs. They have two meanings. They'll have like your commoner, typical person listening, like, "Oh, this song is about standing up for yourself," but then. Um, for the people who care about the lore 
and as uh, certain other things unravel that I can't talk about yet, you'll realize that all these songs are actually about lore and tie into the world uh, in a grander scale. And so, yeah, because I'm wanting to do this thing. I think it's it may not be common knowledge, but it's kind of geared towards this way if you're paying attention. That the the goal for me right now would be to turn Casalor into a graphic novel and use and having used my music to build the world first and then you drop the graphic novel. I, I've never seen anybody do that before in music. And so it's what I want to do. Big concept album guy here. Big mm. fan. There's always I love I love a good story. Yes. Well you're gonna love this one. And this not only is it a concept album, so it's different in that respect, but also these are not cute, quirky, happy love songs that I'm writing. Um, they're more, I still refuse to write sad, depressing, woe is me songs. Okay, we don't need more of those. But they're about like, you know, being hard on yourself, uh, being too hard on yourself, wanting to be great, um, wanting to face your fears, uh, wanting to stand up for yourself. They're about these, you know, more more difficult topics, but they're all framed in such a way where it's like, it's not a sad song, I'd say, except for maybe one. There is one that's kind of sad. But I was going to have one. I was going to um, have one. Because uh, I know you totally can't give away too much, but can we... Can we get a maybe maybe a maybe a time a time frame? When when can we when can we mm. expect you to work? Unless unless it's still it's still a little no pressure no pressure. I'm just really no, no. so excited. If it was first off, it was supposed to be December, but then I got sick for like a month, oh. and so I couldn't work on it. I will I will say, if the project doesn't drop by the end of February, I will sell both of my kidneys. Both. Both. So it'll be out by the end of February. So help me, it will happen. All right, guys, be on the lookout for Nathan Apollo's kidneys. <laughs> on the market, right now. Keep your, keep your eyes peeled, keep your eyes on that market. Um, let me think. Uh, so did your passion for like storytelling, world building, did that come from your love of D&D or was it vice versa or did they kind of go hand in hand? Um, it definitely came from D&D. I didn't get super into D&D until like two years ago i had played in high school here and there um but we had, all my friends had fond memories of playing in high school even though we played so few times and we wanted to play again and i've always loved telling stories i've always loved world building i when my best friend um went away to basic training I did what any sane person would do and created an entire fantasy world from scratch as well as multiple characters and stories. And I wrote a 70,000 word book and sent it to him chapter by chapter as I finished it writing throughout the summer. So like I enjoy telling stories. <laughs> I enjoy writing. Nothing has ever come of that since. So I clearly just enjoyed doing it for the sake of doing it. And um, now I'm at a place where I can kind of do it on a platform for people. But I also have to frame it in such a way that it's consumable for them. And they're here for my music. They're not here for my, for my graphic novel or whatever. Yet, I'm going I'm to reel them in. I'm going to reel them in with these concept albums. And then 
the rest <laughs> the rest you know time will tell yeah um uh what was i gonna say brain empty again i remember um so as we are in fact a college radio station kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about your college experience like wh- oh, where'd yeah. you go what was your major so i went to iowa state university I was a graphic design major with a minor in communications. We, we out here in the communication arts and sciences college. <laughs> um, but I was kind of, kind of curious, did you have any sort of, what was your, what was your musical like, ex, like experience like in college? Were you like, ex, were you doing, doing mm. some musical things in the background then? I mean, I was always working on music outside of college. Um, but uh, and I I blew up on TikTok while in college, and if senioritis wasn't already bad enough, I really I had I had too many credits and had to take an extra semester with one class, and so already didn't want to go. Already knew I wasn't going to go into a graphic design career because music was going fine, and so it was really rough to finish that degree. But I did it for my mom. Because, you know, she helped me a lot to, to get through that. And so, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was working on music all throughout college. Absolutely. How was the support from, like, your family and friends when this started taking off? And you were like, I don't want to do college anymore. <laughs> well, my best friend being my best friend always eggs me on to make rash decisions um, and, and drop out. But I didn't. Um, my mom was always anti-dropout. She always supported my music, but never supports rash decisions. Um, so, like, I when I quit my job almost uh, just over a year ago, um, when I quit my job at Best Buy because I was I was making good money from music enough to like pay my rent and pay pay all these pay all these things um, and then some. I, I quit my job um, and I didn't tell my mom. And then I called her and I told her and she was not a happy camper. And I was like, mom, the way music payments work, I, I, I'm i tracking the, the streams. I know exactly how much I'm going to get paid for the next three months. I was going to, I was going to quit in three months anyway. I'm just, you got to trust me, mom. You got to trust me. And she's like, I trust you, but you got to be smart. I'm like, I don't got time to be smart. I got time. I need to make TikToks, mom. <laughs> Listen to me. I need I need more time. And it ended up working out. But yeah, they've always been a huge support. My mom, my dad, my sister, my friends. Even when I was a nobody doing nothing, um getting a hundred streams on my songs, they were they would show up to um my open mics or um they would they would text me about my releases and be like, love the song. My mom, to this day, whenever I drop a song, when <laughs> so when I was coming up, it's very popular for artists on the come up to be like, put this song on repeat, stream it while you sleep, uh, get those streams up, baby. My mom still does that for my songs. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you don't got to do that anymore. <laughs> it's okay. Like, we'll be fine. And she's like, well, you know, got to support. And so... Yeah, huge support. That's sweet. Love my family. Love my friends. Very sweet that she's still she's still playing it. It reminded me of that of Justin Bieber's whole yummy campaign. <laughs> yeah, see, at his size, you do not need to be doing all that. You right? do not. You do not need to be doing all that. 
But mm. glad I'm not alone, alone in alone in that. I know I'm not, but <laughs> I just had to say some words right there. <laughs> preach, preach. Real. Um so uh my brain is kind of blinking on questions. Arden, what do you got? You got any uh, questions? Mainly just because I'm curious, who are some of your favorite artists right now? Ooh, right now. So I okay. So I do this weird thing where I don't I will I do have some favorite artists, which I'll get to, but I most of my playlists are like hodgepodges of People I heard on TikTok, people I found on a random playlist, people I like. I'll have major artists, but I also have artists, songs that I listen to every day. And the artist has like 10,000 monthly listeners or something. Like, if I like the song, I like the song. Um, that being said, although I don't make music like him, because I, I don't listen to music that I, that I is similar to what I make, I love Tyler the Creator. Um, somebody asked me what I thought. Uh, what my what my personal favorite album of all time was and i was shocked because nobody had ever asked me i was shocked to say that it was tyler the creator because i knew i liked him but i base what how good an album is based on how many songs make it into my daily playlist um replay listen value and if a 10 12 song project has like two songs on it that make it to my daily i'm like that's a good album tyler creative projects it's like four to six songs, every project that make it to my daily. And it's just, it's good music. Love Tyler, the creator. I love ski mask, the slump God. Um, he holds my heart and soul. I love him to death. Um, he was one of those that I listened to um, when I was starting out. And I still listen to now. He's great. Um, ski mask. I'm glad Tyler, the creator. I used to really love trippy red. I don't listen to him as much anymore i'm big into hip-hop um I, it's pretty much all i listen to and so yeah those those gotta be my artists um question what's your favorite tyler project i got if, if if you can if you can pinpoint one i i'm still a ride or die igor guy solid and so igor guy all the way oh i also used to i used to hate Lil uzi vert and now i love him i just just I, I I love them. I love them, just as they are, as a character in in as a public figure, and also I love their music because I, I I used to be like your music needs to say something, and then I realized no it doesn't. Your music just needs to be fun, and Lil Uzi Vert's music is just fun. Just and, have a good vibe. Yeah. Um. Now I kind of thought of one. Uh, who are your like dream collaborations? Ooh, I mean I'd love to collab with Tyler. That'd be sick. Um, dream collaborations, man. I think everyone that every single one of my comments says that I need a song with uh, another popular artist called Boy with Uke. Um, he makes ukulele songs, and I came up on ukulele songs. We're good friends. Uh, sometimes I annoy him and Snapchat him and bully him on the internet. <laughs> Um, it's a good time. It's so funny because he's like music wise on such a different scale than me. Um, but we're both just people who play Minecraft when they have free time, you know? Um, and then another good friend of mine who's again, music wise out of my pay grade, um, is Ty Verdes. Um, he, he actually helped me pick my name when I was changing my name. 
I was pitching him names. Um, cause for a while we were the same size on TikTok, and we were like, Oh, who's going to get to a million first. And then stuck in the middle happened and he got there in like two months. I was like, okay, okay. I'll sit here with my 200 K and watch you fly to the moon. Um, yeah, I'd like to collab with those guys. I don't, I only like to collab with my friends really. And so those are the first people that come to mind. That's a really, yeah. really random question. What's your favorite Minecraft block? Minecraft block. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, my favorite Minecraft wood is is spruce. I know that for sure. Good choice. Spruce is I I Acacia can go to hell. Um, get out of here, Acacia. Get out of here, Acacia. D- despise it. Um, but spruce is goaded. Minecraft block. Oh my gosh. Minecraft season is just starting, so I'm out of practice. For me, I play Minecraft every winter because I don't go outside, <laughs> and so I'm 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 loose on my on my on my blocks. But there was I always had one that whenever you placed it, it made such a great noise. It made like a bloop noise when you placed it. I was like, this is my this is the freaking best block I've ever heard in my. I, I love this block. I can't remember what it is. So sad. <laughs> But right. if, if if there's a block in Minecraft that you could think of that goes bloop when you place it, that's the one. <laughs> Come on, Minecraft experts in the, Minecraft in the experts. audience. Get in the comments. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, God, my brain just went empty again. Why does that keep happening? It's because I didn't take my Adderall today. But, mm. um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what's, because um, I think we're kind of towards the end of our questions, just a good last open one. Uh, what's something that... Uh, to people who don't listen to you, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's, what do you, well, that, that went too fast out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> what would you, what would you say your, your like pitches? Like, you know, when you're like, Hey, if you yeah. like blah, 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 here's me. My elevator pitch for Nathan Apollo. I would say, you know, if you like to feel good, if you like songs that are happy and, and are all about, loving yourself and the world around you and your friends and your family and your lovers, then I'm your guy. You know, I, I don't think I'm like many other artists. Um, I guess the best comparison would be if you, if you like Tobo Johnson's vocals, but enjoy being happy, I'm your, uh, you know, listen to me. <laughs> Cause I get compared to that man every day of my life. <laughs> yeah if you i mean at the end of the day good vibes are what i'm here for and so i will deliver that in any means necessary so we got happy hobo johnson here on the podcast today great to see you (laughs) yes but um so yeah i think that kind of wraps up um our interview so I i will actually confirm that he is great music for like just walking around campus when you want to feel like the main character just in your headphones it's like yes this he got, he's got main character music. Um, main character music, music. Yes. Uh, Nathan DePaul's music is available on wherever you get your streaming music from. Uh, would you like to plug your socials? Yeah, I am. And I, I worked hard for this. This was crucial in my name deciding. I am at Nathan underscore Apollo everywhere. 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 N-A-E-T-H-A-N. Fantastic. Um, so... Thank you so very much for taking the time to speak with us today. It yeah. was a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I had a good time. 
had a great time. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this interview. Like I said, Nathan Apollo's music is available to stream anywhere. Check him out wherever you get your social medias. Check him out wherever you get your music. Um, and check out the article that will be paired with this um, interview on impact89fm.org. So thank you for listening. Uh, long live college radio and have a great day.